What is going on, senoras y senores? Welcome on back here. We're going to finish this day out with recapping, or not recapping, we're going to look ahead at the Philadelphia Union, who have a really big matchup this upcoming Sunday. They'll be in Nashville, Tennessee, for their match against Nashville SC. This is a big one. Um, not is this a little bit a rematch and bench Nashville, as we all remember last year in the Eastern Conference playoffs, they eliminated Nashville in the semifinals of the Eastern Conference uh, side. Of course, we all remember the PKs that went down and Nashville got sent home on a tough, tough loss. That was a really tough loss for Nashville, who gave it their all. They looked really well, but we had just enough to get it done in penalty kicks and Andre Blake. Just flex those muscles. Uh, but this is also going to be the opening, the grand opening of Nashville's brand spanking new state-of-the-art grounds or stadium, as we say here in the in the States. But Geodis Park will open up uh, for Nashville supporters and for the city. It's going to be a big day for that, for the fans, for the club, for the city of Nashville. It looks, it looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It looks pretty cool. I, I do like the modern European looks. Um, obviously, in the MLS, we don't, you know, bring out sixty thousand to to soccer matches, kind of like what they do over in Europe. But the anticipation is for this home opener, this first match at Geodis Park. It'll bring in around uh, thirty thousand fans, which is really, really good for the MLS. You know, not everyone's bringing in seventy like Atlanta or or, or Atlanta and Charlotte. I think Charlotte had seventy in their home opener as well. But it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a uh, motions are going to be flying high. Um, and I'm excited to see their new stadium. I'm excited to see the Union. Uh, hope, hopefully they play spoiler to Nashville again, man. And thank God they're in the, the Western Conference for sure. Thank thank God they're in the Western Conference. Um, real quick, before we dive in, I wanted to address um, some things that we do need to discuss. Um, some extracurriculars that I don't like to discuss usually, but I think it's, it's, um, it's the right thing to do. Uh, obviously, if you guys follow me on Twitter, first off, thank you. And make sure you guys follow as well at Barcelona Philly. Um, but some activity went down this this yesterday, this past couple day, this past day, um, that I wanted to kind of address on, on this Union match recap or match match preview, uh, because it's about Dubai River. We won't be on Dubai River until next week. Look, I am I fully understand what's been going on, and I'm very aware. I it, the thing is that people bring the attention to myself uh, when it comes to situations on social media. These days, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. I don't like personally what goes on on Twitter. I think Twitter is very beneficial for news, and that's kind of where I go to get a lot of my news. Um, I do interact sometimes with fans because I do I do enjoy interacting with different fans and fan bases. Um, but the toxicity has gotten out of hand over the past couple of years. And uh, when it comes to Union Twitter, I will always, always, always love the, the Union and Union fans. If you bleed the blue and gold like myself, I, you have a special place in my heart. For whatever reason, um, some don't care for me, and I would like to have an adult discussion of why that is because I genuinely do feel as if that my motives are pretty straightforward. I am here for the club. I'm here to bring awareness to the to the club, and when people come up to me and tell me that they are a Union fan because of the work that I put in, that really means the world to me because at the end of the day, when I wake up every single morning, it, my mindset is how do we make content? How do we give the most of Philly sports fans in general, not just Union? not just Eagles, not just Sixers, but every single fan base here in the city. And that is just my motive. I don't I don't go out of my way to make people's lives a living hell. I, I literally just focus on making the best possible content for everyone. So I just wanted to address one thing. If you are someone who feels as if that I have been disrespectful or my our podcast, Duke by the River, has been disrespectful to the Free Kick podcast, 
explain to me why, because I haven't had a real reason of why we have been disrespectful. We all know what's going on. We all know that uh, sporadically that our 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 guests have lined up with do with fr the free kick pod. I only know of two guests that have lined up th that we've had on the same week. Um, we obviously had Drake Hills on the podcast this week. I reached out to Drake Hills late last week and he agreed to come on the pod. I had no idea that Todd had Drake Hills coming on for the free kick podcast. I also um, early on in the season, I had the, I had uh, Jess, Jess Charmaine, who is part, part of the play by play uh, for the radio station down for Charlotte. Jess and I have been friends since 2019. Jess and I talked before the season started to come on to the podcast. So that has been in place for a while now. So I don't know where this whole narrative is that I we've been stealing guests. And here's the fact of the matter. Con if you guys are not familiar with the content, if you guys have not made content yourselves, this is a small community. And a lot of us are trying to make it into an industry that is they don't need more people. All right. Maybe the MLS. But the fact is, the MLS popularity is not where it needs to be. And so we from every content creator that I have met, whether it be a, a straight up content creator like TikTok or Instagram, something like that, or a podcaster or a writer, they've all been on the same boat that we need to try to help and elevate everyone else. And and if you feel as if that we are stealing guests, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you. Our job is to make the best possible content for the fans. And if you do not like that, I, you can continue listening to Free Kick Pod. I have nothing against Todd. I have nothing against that podcast. I think he's been doing a great job. Um, we have our own. We have our own thing going on as well. And if you guys really want to punish Dupe by the River because you do not like me, don't. Just flat out don't. I'm Dupe by the River is a collaborative effort. We do these union match recaps and previews for this channel. But Dupe by the River, that's for Philly Sports Network. We're trying to build that up. And, and at Philly Sports Network, to be quite honest with you guys, a, a, as a network in Philadelphia that does cover a lot of Philly sports, for them, they bring a lot of awareness for the union. So you're you're just you're just really trying to hurt union coverage. And for a fan base that has been asking for more union coverage, it, it, that makes no sense to me. Personally, it makes no sense to me. If you wanted to have a, a, an adult conversation, I've tried to have that with the union fans, and it's backfired because at the end of the day, I, I guess we're stubborn. I guess we're, we're too a little bit too immature. Uh, but I'm I'm glad I would gladly like to have an adult conversation of what it is, what the problem is with me. And I just wanted to bring that here to the to the attention uh, of this of this this match preview to start off because. I, the, the 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 Twitter back and forth was just ridiculous. I don't do it anymore. I am too grown for that. I don't I don't focus on that. Again, I focus on making the content. But when my guys are being attacked, I will definitely step up and I will definitely uh, show support for them because I love Justin, Tim, and Zach, and I will do whatever it takes to to make those guys happy. And and if it, they are being slandered, I'm going to defend them. That that's just how I am. I'm at Brujo Martinez. I am El Parcero Brujo Martinez. <laughs> And I will fight anyone or anything. I obviously won't physically fight anyone, but because that's again, that's childish people. Let's let's grow up a little bit. But again, if you guys have a problem with me, I am an adult. I have DMs that are open. You guys are more than welcome to reach out to me and explain what it is your problem. If you are willing to be an adult again, that's that's the guidelines. That's all it is. But enough with that stupid Twitter drama. Let's get into to what we need to talk about because this is a big matchup. All right. Sunday, 4 p.m. It's Union versus Nashville, the rematch. This is going to be interesting. And for the Union, it's very important that they kind of bounce back after these lackluster performances over the past two matches. We obviously know what happened in Toronto, the L that we took, and the draw against Montreal. And both of those matches are very, very similar. 
you need to start off quick, but they did not play a full 90 minutes. Um, the second halves have been an issue in these past two matches as well. Haven't been keeping that foot on that gas pedal. Uh, hasn't haven't been haven't been haven't stayed very disciplined in those second halves either. And those are different things that the union need to work on in this match. And listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, if you play the same way you played against Toronto and against Montreal, you're gonna have a tough outing against Nashville because Nashville is a much more structured defensive side than what you're gonna see in Montreal and in Toronto. Um, and that's kind of what worries me because not only is Nashville a better opponent than than Toronto and Montreal, and for Nashville, they're also trying to find the groove of things as well. They've been a little bit inconsistent this season. A couple L's, a couple draws that were a little bit surprising, um, and they're right now in the in, into the playoffs at the Western Conference. Still really early, but. That's my point is they're trying to find the consistency. What better way to find that consistency and get the ball rolling by coming at home against a club that that eliminated you in the playoffs last year. You're going to have 30,000 strong. So for the unit, I'll be honest with you. I'll say I'll say this right now. I don't feel too comfortable going into this match, considering everything that we have seen over the last two weeks and considering the stakes for Nashville in this matchup against uh, on Sunday. Right. So for the union, it's going to be very, very important for them to just to, to for them to just start off quickly. You know, you heard Jim Curtin talk about it in the presser. The first 15 minutes are going to be very, very important for the Philadelphia. Union. You need to start off that match very quickly. You need to set the tone. Uh, a goal would be very, very helpful, but just set the tone bright and early. And for the union, that hasn't been a problem setting the tone bright and early, but capitalizing the opportunities the union have had early on in these games. You have to be able to capitalize on those. Look, the back line for Nashville is very, very, is very, very tough. And that all starts with Walker's. And remember that we've seen them run a lot of three back sets this season, especially since they have they don't have all Sarah Johnston. So that the three back set is probably what we are going to see this upcoming Sunday. And we saw that last week against Montreal, who ran a three back set. And the high press in that first half against Montreal was doing really well. They were they were pressuring the ever ever living crap out of the back line for Nat, for uh, for Montreal last week. And we saw how that high that high press even at the midfield worked really well. That created the penalty kick opportunity in that first half that got the Julian Carranza goal to start it off. So we got to make sure that we put the pressure on Nashville. I mean, we saw how that Eastern Conference semifinals went for us. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of back and forth. It was a tough, tough, evenly contested matchup. And I don't think it's going to be the same similar style uh, of match here. But obviously, when you're talking about Nashville, you got to be able to shut down Hune Mukatar as well. I mean, he is he's great at threading the needle. He creates a lot. Um, I, I think I, I'm curious to see how they will play him this upcoming Sunday. Because I personally believe that for Mukhtar, his best position that he's suited for is to play as a specific number 10, being the creator in the attack and threading the needle and finding those, those outlet passes. And he's someone that can create for himself as well, even from a number 10 position. And so for El Brujo Martinez, who's had a tough challenge over the last two weeks, and it hasn't been the best of best performances over the last two, going up against uh, Georgi Mahalovic and, and uh, Alejandro Pozuelos over the last two matches, they got the best out of El Brujo. Um, it was, it, I wouldn't say that they completely embarrassed him, but they had some moments against El Brujo Martinez. And now you got Mukhtar, who I believe, Right now, I would say Mukhtar is a slightly bit below uh, Mahalovic because Mahalovic is playing on a different level this season. Uh, but Mukhtar is def definitely, we know he, what his capability is, and he's definitely going to show out. So for Burjo Martinez, 
it is going to be a very, very tough matchup here. One thing I am concerned about is the attack. We're going to play against a really good uh, def defensive side, and we know that for the Union, they've been creating a lot of chances. We mentioned the high press and how it's been suffocating back lines, but in the final third, they have not been as clinical in that spot, right? And we discussed one thing last week after the Net Montreal match in our match recap. The, the, the pressure and the challenges that both Carranza and Ua bring up top. They really attract a lot of attention, and they put they bring a lot of havoc to a lot of back lines. And in those instances, obviously Daniel Gazek gets gets put into the into the final third as well. But he's been threading the needle, uh, being been as a facilitator in that final third thus far, and he's done a really good job at that. So at this point, it really leaves out four different options, right? The shuttle, the shuttlers, and the fullbacks on each side. It's up to those guys to kind of help in and 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 bring some help in the attack in that final third. Now we saw last week, and we brought this point up, where Leon Flock got left open quite a bit. Right, Alejandro Bedoya. They're going to keep an eye on him. Alejandro is really smart and is really good at making those runs to either um, get a shot on goal or make a run to get someone else open or make a run, get the ball and and get the assist going. But for Leon Flock, we do know that as as good as he is as a shuttle midfielder working his ass off, running from end to end, and especially on the defensive end, being a, an extra defender essentially right next to Brujo Martinez and shutting out some of these attacking midfielders and these shuttle midfielders, he's really good at all that. But when we look at the final third, and we talked about it last week where it felt like Montreal was just kind of allowing Leon to roam free on that left side of the shuttle. Of the diamond, I should say. And he had a couple, he had obviously the probably the best opportunity to score a goal was on that Leon Flock when Daniel Gazak at the center of the pitch finds Leon Flock making that run to the left hand side wide open. And Uag made a nice run into the box. And Leon Flock was just not able to complete the pass. And that was big. And I believe that if Leon Flock starts this match, he's going to get a couple of those opportunities again, and he's got to be able to complete a pass. We're not even asking him to score a goal. We're asking him to complete a pass within the box. And we know the Union; they're they're near the end of the near the end uh, in the stat sheet of, uh, of the league when it comes to passes completed and pass efficiency, because we know how the Union like to play. But when you're talking about the final third. You gotta be able to be efficient in the area. It's 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 crucial for the union. Now we talked about it on Byro this week, and I wanted to bring the point here onto to the preview show here. Look, for the union, we do know that Jack McGlynn, who's essentially right behind Leon Flock in the depth chart, is pressing and is per and is pressuring Leon Flock for minutes. We all know he just signed on Rock Nation. We all know that there are eyes from Europe that are looking at Lee, at at, uh, at Jack McGlynn right now. Jack McGlynn may get an opportunity, whether or not this match or the next couple couple matches, if Leon Flock cannot contribute in the attack. It's great you're a workhorse. It's great great that you help out in defense. But if you cannot help with scoring goals, which is essentially the name of the game, then you're gonna get sat for a kid who can can contribute. A lot of those passes that and those opportunities in the attack that Leon Flock is missing out on, Jack McGlynn is is capable of finishing the job. So for Leon, for Leon Flock, the time the, the time is ticking, and we saw Jim Curtin is not playing any games this year. Literally the second match of the season, he was over Olivier Baza. You had your opportunity against Minnesota. You played terribly again. 
We're putting Nathan Harrell. And we have seen how that has worked out for the Union. It's worked out really great if you haven't seen. <laughs> Nathan Harrell's been great. So could Jim possibly have enough of Leon Flock and decide to go with uh, Jack McGlynn? The problem is, is that Leon Flock's game has not been terrible. He's just lacking a little something in the attack. And I would hate to see that happen, but what are we trying to do? We're trying to be good or we trying to be great here, ladies and gentlemen. And right now, the 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 deficiencies of Leon Flock is, is affecting us from being great. It's not all on him. Obviously, you need Carranza and Uwa to finish the job as well. And I think that those guys will be fine. I mean, you're seeing Carranza, is getting, he's got three goals already on the season. I believe he's got four assists this season thus far as well. But for Uwa, we do know he's getting those opportunities. It's going to be important for him to get those goals. He's doing it in practice, no problem with it. But he got to bring that over to the match as well. He's been taking a lot of tough shots as well. Some shots from tough angles. Um, he's had he's had some bad passes coming to him as well, like we mentioned too. So it has been tough for him to get that goal. But we are just waiting for him to just get that first goal. And the th feeling is, is once that first one comes in, they're all just going to be flowing in like crazy. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what the union can do uh, um, in the attack this week against a really, really tough challenge in Nashville. The toughest defense that we're going to see probably this entire, in, or from through the early part of the season, it's going to be the toughest defensive challenge that the union have, have been facing off against thus far. Um, and for the midfield, just continue that compact midfield, make sure that they continue uh, stifling the, uh, the attacks of uh, opposing defense, opposing attacks. Um, and I want to see a clean matchup from Elliot and Glesnes. It's not like they played terrible over the past couple of matches, but we've seen Glesnes and Elliot have been taking advantage of in a couple of instances, uh, especially, you know, I think of last week's goal uh, by Kai Kamara getting a, a step on Jakob Glesnes. And of course, the week prior uh, when you had Alejandro Pozuelos uh, going up against Jack Elliott and he gets that low shot on him. Those are just certain instances I'm thinking of, but um, definitely it's going to be important. And for those fullbacks as well, uh, they're it's gonna be big for them in the attack. Like we mentioned, you know, if the shuttle midfielders aren't gonna be able to create an attack, we're gonna need some help from from both uh, fullbacks, Kai and Nathan Harrow, who we know can contribute in the attack. And when you got big body guys like uh, Uwa and Caranza, get that ball right to a spot where they can win the ball and get ahead on it, and, and let's see what we can have. And speaking of of aerial attacks, set pieces are gonna be really really important in this match as well. Nashville typically struggle in that area. Um, and on the reverse side, Walker Zimmerman is an absolute threat in, in on corner kicks, free kicks, getting ahead on the ball as well. And so for the union, uh, contribute uh, or get 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 going on those on the set pieces, draw those fouls, get those free kicks, kicks, get those corner kicks as well. And let's get Jacob and Elliott head on the ball or even Caranza and Ua on the ball as well. Let, let's get some opportunities that way. I want to see how they can capitalize on that. I mean, we've seen so far something we haven't talked about, but. I remember uh, talking about Thomas Gronke, uh, how the the former Liverpool throwing coach has come to Philadelphia and has added that uh, element to the Union attack, and it's really been big so far for the. We haven't talked about how important that is, but um, I've seen how these free, these throw-ins have added an essentially a jolt into the attack. When you get that throw-in and, and the ball in one second is already down the field, it's been, it's been a big help for sure. When you got the throw-in in the final third and essentially a crossing situation from there, that's big as well. So the, these throw-ins, these free kicks, these corner kicks are all going to be very, very important for the Union to try to get one up on Nashville. As far as the lineup goes, I don't know if it will, in fact, stay the same. I, I am curious to see how Jim really does feel about Leon Flock. Is this going to be the match where he decides to take a, a take a risk 
uh, it's not really a, a, a crazy risk, but putting in Jack McGlynn in the situation where we're heading in, in Geodis Park over Leon Fuck. Is is does Jim want to see more from his attack? It wouldn't be the most craziest thing, but as far as any lineup changes, that's probably the only one that I could genuinely see. Now, as these matches go on, we especially in May, just a quick heads up: the Union have seven matches in the month of May. In 28 days, they have seven matches. That's a lot of soccer going on in the month of May. So we will see some lineup changes throughout this month. I genuinely believe that you got a couple uh, double headers in in one in uh, in in, uh, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, with these next couple of weeks coming up. And of course, you got US Open Cup as well. So there will be some rotation going on in these next couple of matches. But for right now, I see everything staying as status quo. But the only question being, will Jack McGlynn stay as that, uh, or will Jack McGlynn get put into the starting lineup as that left shuttle midfielder? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, look, Geodis Park, it's going to be, it's going to be loud. It's going to be rocking. I just think to myself, I remember the time uh, when I saw PPL Park open up back then, which was it was now obviously Subaru Park before that town energy and before that PPL Park. And I remember just it being live. I just remember seeing Sons of Ben going absolutely wild in the in the tree, sold out crowd and just the excitement. I obviously was still too young to go to the, the home opener for the union back in 2011. But it's just it's just a lot. It's just a lot of fun. I'm sorry, 2010. I'm, I'm, I apologize. But it's just a lot of uh, it's it's exci- it's excited to see. And and also too, just seeing the evolution of these stadiums from MLS 2.0 to MLS 3.0. MLS 2.0, we really started to see these soccer specific stadiums. We stopped seeing these clubs playing in in, in Gillette Stadium. Uh, Met, uh, Meadowlands. Uh, I mean, obviously the the Patriots are. I'm sorry, the Revs are still playing at Gillette Stadium, which I digress. I don't know why they're Road the Rose Bowl, uh, Ohio State Stadium, the Cotton Bowl. Uh, what else? Uh, Raymond James Stadium. Like uh, this past this past year or last year, you saw Nashville playing in Nissan Stadium. So those days of switching from football stadiums to soccer specific stadiums has been big. Um, and so the, seeing the Geodis Parks of the World, Q2s, um, uh, lower level uh, arena or park, I'm, I'm blanking on the Columbus uh, grounds, but that's a really good one as well. I just like the development of it. Uh, and, and it's just like in all these all these grounds, right? It's got a little touch of Europe in it, but it's it's got its own character. It, it definitely fits all the, the mold of a lot of these cities. And for Geodis Park, it's going to add that to Nashville as well. I believe it's right on the outskirts of Nashville too, so it should be a lot of fun. It's, it's just important to have your own stadium, and that's the that's the that's part of the development of this league as well. Not only the play on the pitch, obviously the play in this league, the quality of play in this league has gotten much much better. Uh, but being able to get uh, these grounds to be soccer specific is definitely big as well. But look, at the end of the day, as far as my prediction goes, this is going to be a tough one, and I don't feel good about this game. Just simply because of the play that we've had over the last two, and you're going to go into a hostile match with a, a, a with a team that's going to be heavily motivated, and Nashville's coming off of a, t- a terrible loss. Well, tough, not terrible, but a tough late game loss to the LA Galaxy uh, last week in LA. So they're they're motivated, they're hungry, they want to come in here and get three points in their home opener against us. So it's going to be a tough one. At the end of the day. Uh, I do think that Jack McGlynn will get put into the starting lineup, and I think that the attack will be better. But I think that with the way these two team plays, I mean, remember last year, it was a one nothing win in Nashville last year on 4th of July. And then later on the season, 
we got the one nothing win in in Chester. And then obviously it took us not 120 minutes plus PKs to get a result. So you know how both these teams play. They're very similar, defensive-oriented, very well-structured as well defensively. They like to press. They like to get the counterattack going. And they like to kill. They like to um, move through their number ten, especially on those counterattacks. Mukhtar and Gazdak, they really control the narrative as far as the counterattacks go. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. To, it is gonna be fun to watch. It might be low scoring, but there will be a lot of action going on on the pitch, as they always do. At the end of the day, I do see this ending up being a draw, a one-one draw here against Nashville. I think the Union uh, will actually feed off of the the. Uh, the energy from the crowd as well. They're going to want to uh, take. They're going to want to take the three points too. I can see El Brujo Martinez adding some shithousery as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. So I got a one-one draw going on against Nashville. You guys definitely let me know what you think is going to happen in the comments below. Uh, what what you see happening on Sunday afternoon? I hate that it's a Sunday game as well. Um, I did not. I thought it was going to be a Saturday game, so I have my Sunday all planned out, but. Uh, I will have the game, the match recap after on Sunday night. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We'll we'll, we'll recap this match uh, on Sunday night for sure. But uh, 4 p.m., uh, Nashville and Philly should be a lot of fun. If you're going to the match, you guys enjoy your time down there. Nashville is a great time. Uh, it's a great city. Uh, it's a lot of fun, especially if you are a drinker and a bar hopper. It's a great bar hopping scene. So enjoy your time down there. Get, get yourself the Memphis-style nachos. Uh, that is an elite-style nachos. Obviously, I, I like the, the, the traditional... Uh, tortilla chips with your your nacho cheese and your uh and your jalapenos your black beans but they do the uh, kettle cooked potato chips with the pulled pork and the barbecue sauce and i think it's elite and it's fantastic so make sure you guys get yourself some um memphis style nachos it is fantastic but um, i'll be back for on sunday night for the recap guys thank you so much for tuning on into this match uh, preview i really appreciate it let me know your thoughts in the comments below Make sure you guys like the video. If you guys enjoyed it, it really mean the world to me so we can push out to some more soccer fans out there. And, of course, make sure you guys follow to join on this uh, Philly sports family. We talk Philly sports all the damn time, not just the Union, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles, the Sixers. Tonight is the, fi the finale, the season finale of the Flyers. That means the last Flyers game recap will be tonight. So if you are a Flyers fan, make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We'll be uh, broadcaster game recap following the season finale of the Philadelphia Flyers. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of El Parcero Philly, and I'm telling you guys to dupe on. I'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>